welcome to series two of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women in science and technology. Not only will you get insights into some fascinating innovations, but you may also even relate to their stories, especially if you're not run of the mill yourself. As with all science and technology, what these women do for a living has a real impact on all of our lives, and we often don't realize it. But here on Innovation, I'm also giving women a platform for them to be seen and heard, and for us to be inspired and uplifted by what they've learned along their life's journeys, both personally and professionally. This week, I talked to Christina Pearson Rampiari, an aerospace engineer. My name is Christina Pearson Rampiari. I am an aerospace engineer working as a senior flight systems engineer at BA Systems. I'm also a chartered engineer, STEM ambassador, and run my own small business. Wow, Christina, is there anything you don't do? <laughs> That's a lot on your plate, isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't think I could do much more than that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what does your job involve in essence? So, um, flight systems engineer, I kind of, when I describe it, I say, so flight systems are kind of like the muscles or organs of an aircraft. And um, some examples might be your fuel system, hydraulic system, flight controls. They're all different systems that help the aircraft fly safely through its mission. Um, so I have worked at BA Systems as a flight systems engineer for about eight years now, I think. It's flown by pretty quickly. Um, and I've had the chance to work on many different systems in that time. So it's, it's never been boring and I've always been learning cool things. And yeah, obviously I really enjoy it because I've, I've been doing it for eight years. <laughs> I love it when engineers kind of accidentally make puns when you said it's flown by. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so why for you um, was it important to have a career based on aeronautics essentially? Um, it was kind of something that just happened. Um, I, when I was at school, I really enjoyed maths and like the mechanical elements of physics. Um, so I was considering engineering, but only really mechanical because that was all I really knew at the time. Um, but then when I was younger, I think I was like 15, 16, I went to an air show with my family during the summer holidays. Um, and it was that day when I saw the jets flying around and heard the noises that I could hear of these fast jets. That was like, that. this is the industry that I want to work in. So that was the day I started looking into aerospace and how I could get into aerospace and looking at different degrees and things like that so that's kind of how it started and it's just gone from there yeah I mean it's a pretty unusual career choice for a woman uh, which makes me cringe to say that because there's no reason why it should be more for men but did you ever sort of um, feel that gender imbalance and did it sway you well um, when I went to university I was one of only two women doing my course of aerospace um, systems engineering so it, it definitely hit then the gender disparity it was something that had slowly started in school doing a level physics um, you could slowly see it but it was really impactful when you went to university and it was just two women and all men um, so yeah um, I guess that really hit me at first but I think what I found was during my degree there was a lot of teamwork and collaborating and working together and helping each other revise and things that it it kind of brought down a bit of the barriers um and it just kind of felt like we were all like with the same goal trying to pass our degree 
and do well and help each other out. So um, it kind of didn't become anything after that. Yeah, I've heard a lot that um, university uh, is quite a nice environment, even if it is gender imbalanced. Um, Everyone just gets on with their um, sort of university work. But was that the same vibe when you got into industry? Um, So when I got into industry, because I'd had the experience of working in teams and I'd already seen the gender disparity, it didn't really surprise me as much anymore. Um, So it wasn't as much of a shock. But um, once I started working in industry, there were other women that um, in my department. So I was able to talk to other women and um, it wasn't just me on my own, which um, was really nice. Yeah. Um, Is engineering better for boys, in your opinion? No. (laughs) No. um, I think what surprises some people is that engineering is actually really creativity, collaboration, um, things like that, and like softer skills. There's so many softer skills that I use in engineering that both women and men have. um, And it's these softer skills that actually are really useful in engineering and can lead to kind of future um, different types of jobs that might not necessarily be engineering, but stem from engineering. Um, So it's really interesting that um, people think of engineering as kind of a a dry, um, messy um, kind of subject when actually there's so many different types of careers, there's so many industries, fashion, um, tech, everything uh, every product there's engineering involved so yeah it's it's way more than just uh, a boy's subject so what's most rewarding about your job and what you do for you um so what's most rewarding is kind of working on projects and then seeing that project fulfilled um at the end so something that I've worked on from the start taking it through the whole engineering life cycle from development to testing to actually fitted onto an aircraft that that whole life cycle is actually really fulfilling and rewarding because you know that you had a really big part in that. And what kind of things would you have done uh, through that life cycle? Like, are you using a lot of CAD? Like, on a practical level, what do you do? Um, so I'll be involved working with suppliers to develop um, products, um, writing specifications, um, then get into testing, making sure that it meets all of those specifications, doing any problem solving, if there's any issues, and then taking it forward to integrating um, the product. So it's really the whole life cycle of a product and then looking after it once it's in, once it's being used and any issues that arise or any kind of disposable disposal queries or anything like that. It's the whole from start to finish um, life cycle. So it's really cool to be involved in all of that and see it through. Um, that's what I really enjoy yeah so like often girls think oh it's a lot of math and physics and they aren't really my strong subjects not just necessarily girls but maybe even um, boys as well you know they're put off by the math and physics side of it do you use a lot of your math and physics in your job um so I will sometimes use a lot I wouldn't say it's completely math and physics I'd say it's a lot of working with other people, um, the softer skills that I mentioned before, um, but there is some maths involved and maybe the specification stage. Um, but then 
from then on it's more working together problem solving um timekeeping organization there's a lot of organization <laughs> trying to make sure everything's beaten to a schedule um working with other disciplines so I'll work with aerodynamicists um design engineers structural engineers all different sorts of people um and coming together and yeah just making it happen do you know I think with planes because what aircraft do is so extreme I mean you've got the equivalent of like 50 African elephants suspended in the sky and um, it kind of feels like uh, anything to do with aeronautics involves a lot of calculations to be able to achieve that amazing feat um who who is doing that work to like you know calculate how you can stay up there basically well I think like I mentioned there's all sorts of different people working on an aircraft you'll have um, aerodynamicists, design engineers, all those people who aerodynamicists probably doing a lot of calculations, um, design engineers, a lot of CAD. So that's, it's all the different disciplines um, and flight systems kind of brings that all together um, for, for a product. So yeah, there's all different types. So it's like I mentioned earlier with engineering, there's all sorts of different aspects of it. It depends kind of what suits you best and what makes you happy. Um, if you want to be like, in those calculations or if you want to be working more collaboratively with other people and integrating things it, it there's all different options so engineering is really like a giant machine in itself like all these different cogs uh, all sort of working together to make something happen what kind of cog are you like how do you fit into that whole tapestry um oh that's a good question <laughs> Um, I would say, um, so I would be a cog that's kind of bringing it together, um, making sure everything's happening that should be happening, um, working with everyone um, and making sure that the product fits the specification in the end, uh, making sure that everything is okay. Um, and I think that kind of also stems into kind of um, working with project management, working with um, everyone else and kind of making sure everything is turning as it should be. <laughs> I mean, you've been in the industry quite a while, but how did you get to this point? Like, you know, what A-levels did you study and then uni and, you know, what were the steps? So I studied at A-levels. I did um, physics, maths, chemistry. Um, I didn't do as well as I wanted. Um, so you don't have to have all A's to be doing what I'm doing because I didn't get all A's. Um, and then I went on to study a master's degree in aerospace systems engineering. That was kind of the thing at the time when I was in school. It was you do school, you go to university, you get a job. There was no talk of apprenticeships or different options that are out there. Um, so definitely something I would consider now is an apprenticeship because that's um, a really good option. Um, and then it was um, four years of my master's and then looking for jobs. And then because I'd been studying, I didn't do um, a kind of industry gap year or any work experience because I'd been studying straight for four years. I initially didn't have the experience that some companies were looking for, some kind of work experience. So I did struggle initially to find a job after uni, but I kind of persevered and 
kept at it and applying to everyone and eventually got my first job um, at a company in Oxfordshire designing um, kind of like novel suites for first and business class aircraft. Um, so it's pretty cool. It was like um, for companies like Air France, Etihad, Emirates, um, American Airlines, all these different airlines. Um, and yeah, being involved in um, that kind of work was cool. Um, it was really good responsibility early on um, going to design reviews and with customers and um, showing them kind of what we designed and then taking back any notes and making sure that the customers were happy. Um, um, I got to fly out to America and France. So it was a really good first job and um, I got some really good responsibility, which helped me gain some skills, definitely. So designing suites. Yeah, so like um, the kind of the, how to describe it? So the kind of nice um, padded areas around where the like seats are, the cushions, um, the kind of how the seat would lie. Um, we'd kind of get a, a, a kind of mock-up of the space from the airline and then kind of develop a, a suite for like a business class or first class seat. So it'd be um, kind of how it like, the lie flat ones that are really like nice so we'd got to so some of the things we did were like um kind of we'd lie down and test like over a, a period of time like the pressure points on the seat and kind of if it, if it was like comfy or not um so things like that and then um get all the soft walls so things um it's quite interesting as well because things that are actually subject to quite stringent fire regulations because of the materials and things so there was a lot of like fire testing and I got to be involved in the qualification of, of the materials and things like that so that was quite interesting as well uh you know it just sounds so fun like <laughs> kind of like having a play yeah um, it really was animation, prototyping and I'm totally with you on what you said about apprenticeships like I'm learning about them more and more and I just think for engineers it's such a great route in definitely like learn get an experience while you're on the job and learning at the same time is definitely a really good option. So what is most challenging about the job that you do today? Um, I'd say most challenging because like I mentioned, I'm involved in whole engineering life cycle and it won't just be for one project at one time. So there'll be different projects going at different stages. So it's managing that and making sure that um, priorities are being met and um, everything's kind of on time um, because people will be expecting things and project management will have to answer to people so it's definitely like making sure that everything's running on time everything basically all my organization skills are really important at this stage so yeah that can be a challenge making sure that everything is running okay so who inspired you I know that you know you went to an air show and you got that rush um, but was there anyone person or people that kind of guided you into quite an unusual career for a woman um not really though I think I because both of my parents were in kind of stem careers but more medical um so my mum's pharmacist my dad was a a nurse and a nursing home manager um I didn't ever feel that I couldn't be I couldn't follow a stem career it was never a um I can't do that because it's damn I'm a girl like that kind of thing um and I know with engineers I find sometimes that um um 
engineering parents so are inspirational to their children so that's how some people end up doing engineering because they've seen their parents do engineering but my parents had had no knowledge of engineering at all um but because um because they were in STEM I didn't feel that that wasn't something I could do um but I think my mum really inspired me because she kind of uh, my parents went from this country so they came to this country and my mum um I was born and then my mum decided to go to university whilst having me and my brother and then learning and then getting a job and it, yeah she took on a lot and um that really inspired me because I, I saw how hard working she was when I was growing up and that really inspired me to work hard and it's kind of how I ended up persevering to stay in, in engineering even after I struggled to find a job afterwards I kept at it because I, I knew if I, I kept trying I might get that chance and I did. Being a woman of colour and a woman um have you had to develop any um, sort of strategies uh, to hold your own in the workplace? Um, I think not just that, but as um, a person myself, I didn't really have a lot of confidence when I was younger. Um, and it was something I was, I was quite shy. Um, I would kind of, initially at work um kind of get on with my job put my head down not really shout about things that I was doing um so it was only really um when I had my little boy um in three years ago now almost four years ago um that I kind of gained confidence um in that time away and then I came back and actually decided to kind of go for things and go for opportunities and say yes to things and put myself out there and that was when I started bringing down those barriers of kind of keeping my head down and keeping to myself and getting on with things. Um, and that that was really my turning point. And um, yeah, that was the point that everything started changing. And um, I started doing things and I was inspired to do more things like start a small business, become a STEM ambassador, do all this outreach that um, I really love doing now. Um, so, yeah, that was my turning point. It's really interesting that you say that having a child gave you confidence. Mm. Because sometimes that can be the absolute reverse for women. Um, so tell me more about that, because I've never had kids myself. So like, what was the sort of change? Um, <laughs> I think this part of it was that um, because he was my first child and uh, I was completely didn't know what I was doing, didn't know if I, if I, what, I felt, what I was doing was right. Um, but I was winging it a bit. And um I kind of realized that um, I could do it. Um, and that was that, oh, I can do this. Like that gave me some confidence that, you know, he's healthy, he's happy. Like it's, it's okay, like I can do this. And that kind of gave me the confidence to be like, right, well, if I can do this, then maybe I can do this thing. Um, maybe I can do this volunteering thing, see how it goes. And then um, once I started doing that, I was like, oh, I really love this um I'd love to do more of it maybe I could do this other thing and then start speaking and then it kind of escalated from there really and it was more the realization that I, I think it ties into imposter syndrome a bit as well um it was the realization that I can I actually can do things and things can go wrong and that's okay um I can learn from that and then if it's if it's something I didn't enjoy completely, then, you know, I know that now, if it's something I did enjoy, you know, it's kind of stretching my comfort zone, which I, I wouldn't have done before that. I wouldn't have had the confidence to do that. 
it sounds like you're juggling a huge amount. So, you know, there's your work, there's motherhood, there's your personal life. Um, what does your small business do for a start? Um, so my small business, I started it during lockdown. Um, it's something that I really love. Um, basically, it stems from my experiences of being told when I when I tell people I'm an engineer, it's, you don't look like an engineer. That's the, the normal response. Um, so I designed a, a little pin badge that says this is what an engineer looks like. Um, and I was like, I'll make a few, I think it was 100 at first, I'll make 100 and um, donate part of the proceeds to the Women's Engineering Society and just kind of sell them and see how it goes. And then they sold out within 48 hours. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I, um, I got more in stock and then I designed the, this is what a scientist looks like. Um, I've got, this is what a mathematician looks like. I've got, I expanded to all sorts. I kept getting requests. Can you do this career? Can you do this one? So I just kept making them and I've got all sorts of different ones now and they all, part of the proceeds go to different charities. So it's like my nice way of, a nice way of giving back as well as kind of um, enabling people to show um, the diversity in STEM careers and and a lot of people are quite proud of them, which is really nice. And I get really lovely stories back. And yeah, it's just something that I really enjoy doing. Yeah. So you're juggling so much. Um, how do you do it? Like, how do you manage all of these very contrasting roles that you have? Um, so a lot of learning from my engineering skills, from organization in work. I've picked up a lot of um, that. Um I am lucky enough that um, when I went, came back to work from maternity leave, I stayed to a four-day week. So that that really helped because it gives me that day to do any outreach or work work on orders or small business things. Um, so it gives me that time, which is really good. Um, and yeah, just planning, lots of planning. My diary, I need to keep on top of my diary at all times. Um emails things like that I sometimes um will spend some time in the evening just going through some emails and things it's just kind of staying disciplined in keeping on track of things because otherwise um you know it can get too much and you know sometimes it will get too much and that's when I say no because sometimes you know mental health you need to keep take care of mental health and that's something I'm not risking burnout and things like that so um it's something that by keeping organized and staying on top of things and knowing that I have the capacity to either do this or I have to say no because I don't have the capacity. It's just being aware of things like that. Has your work been supportive of um, all of the different roles that you're juggling? Yeah, they've been really supportive. Um, it's been really nice. They've um, internally um, show. Um, and our internal work showed about my pins. Um, they've been really supportive. Um, uh, I've won some awards in the last couple of years and they've, they've kind of really showed off that I've won these awards and I've got opportunities and it's been really nice um, getting that support. <laughs> and even with motherhood and maternal maternity leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I was lucky that I, I had a full year off. Um, so I really made the most of that time and then being able to return back part-time and it was something I I was kind of oh I'll do this for a few months and then maybe go back full-time but I've actually um, stayed full-time stayed part-time 
and even moving jobs I said um because I, I changed um kind of departments and I said I'm part-time at the moment and they were fine with that they were like you're you're fine to stay part-time so it's it's something I've it's just happened that I've ended up staying part-time but it's great <laughs> I really enjoy it I've heard such horror stories about men not wanting to employ women because they'll go off and get pregnant and you know things will change um how were you in terms of like integrating back into your job a year later did you feel any nerves about how things might have moved on while you were away um it was definitely hard I think it's hard anyway because you're balancing a young child who might be teething or sick and things like that and you're going through that adjustment of the time away and um kind of trying to get back into that headspace of working and concentration when actually you're you might be thinking oh like I need to do this or that or he's not well or distractions and things like that um or I've not had much sleep because he's been up all night because he's not been well things like that so it's, it's always a tough um um time getting back into that and it, I don't think it's something that will ever kind of end because there may be nights when he has a nightmare or things like that there's there's always odd things that might happen now that he's in our lives like he might be sick and not able to go and so it's juggling childcare and things like that covid <laughs> looking after a child or trying to work <laughs> during a pandemic um yeah there's always things that um are, are gonna happen um I think it was tough um I I think personally, though, I found um, kind of some time away was actually really good for me. Um, I think I was in that kind of motherhood bubble for that year and actually getting back into work, some structure um, was actually really good for me personally. That was my own experience Um, and kind of learning again. um, I really because I've always enjoyed learning and getting back into that, learning new things. And then I moved into my new role. And that was really exciting. So it kind of pushed me. And then all the other things I was doing as well, like outreach and things like that, I really just started loving what I was doing again. Um, And that just kind of inspired me, um, as I said before, do all these opportunities and then just, yeah, making sure I can balance everything, but really enjoying the things that I'm doing at the same time. So if you were to give advice to any girls or young women who are kind of curious about the idea of going into engineering, mm-hmm. um, what would you say to them uh, in terms of sort of like kickstarting onto this path? Um, so I would definitely say to anyone interested in engineering, speak to engineers. There's so many different um, sectors Um, I guess so it's finding something that you're interested in I think as well it's remembering that you're not limited you know if you end up in one role you're not stuck in that job you can engineering you've got you you gain experience that enables you to move into different types of roles like like project management or any consultancy like things you wanted anything you want to go into um but yeah speak to all different engineers the different routes into different jobs it's not necessarily one kind of straight route into things and a lot of people have found a late career in engineering and tech so it's there's all sorts of different options so yeah um, I'm sure um, I mean I've found that if people reach out to me I'm willing to talk to them about how I got where I am and things like that so yeah reach out to people um, 
there's like LinkedIn and things. There's, there's easy ways of link, reaching out to people. Um, look at different companies you're interested in. Um, there's loads of different societies as well, like um, aerospace society, um, women's engineering society, things like that. Um, there's loads of different ways to kind of um, start looking into careers. Um, I think one also, one thing I would also say is um, kind of don't be afraid of saying yes to opportunities. Um, try and stretch out your comfort zone, um, but also, you know, um, don't take on too much because I think sometimes that, I think as as women in engineering we need to show that we're doing all these different things but actually uh, kind of be aware of your mental health and um don't take on too much um but yeah those are the oh and the other thing I would definitely say is find a mentor if you can because mentors are really important um I had a mentor um for my chartered engineer application um through the whole process and it was really helpful and I think at any stage in your career a mentor is a really good um support what is it about mentors that is so useful for you um for me um one it kept me um I I had been my chartered engineering um application was something that I had been working on for a few years and I'd been putting it off and putting it off and um I finally was like right I came up from maternity but I'm gonna do this I'm gonna get it done and um, I got a mentor to do, to help me through it. And actually it kept me like, right, I need to do this by then so that she can review it. And then it kept me going. And, and I don't think I would have ended up getting it done in the time that I did if I didn't have someone um, guiding me through the process and supporting me and um, just keeping me in line with my deadlines. <laughs> um, and the, yeah, and then getting me through that process. And now I'm a chartered engineer and it kind of inspired me to help others with um the process so you know I I will talk to people about the whole process I've become well I'm a junior assessor for um the Royal Aeronautical Society um for their interviews so yeah it's it's something that I'm I I've become a mentee as well um for different um for the STEMETs and for the girls network and it's something that I think is really important especially to girls um who may not have um, STEM um, kind of influences in their life and uh, kind of curious about it or um, not sure kind of where to go or something like that um, it's really important to have a mentor for the guidance and I mean even in non-STEM um, careers um, just someone who will help give advice and support you and um, be that sounding board it, it's really important. So for any girls who, um, or anyone really, that's um, thinking about engineering, they're probably full of old stereotypes of what engineers are. Um, are you able to just overwrite or recalibrate what an engineer is for you? given your like present day experience, like what is the definition of an engineer? Let's update it. So for me, an engineer is a problem solver. Um, they can be anyone um, in any sector. Um, and this kind of stems to my pins um, by saying, this is what an engineer looks like because anyone can look like an engineer. Um, so that I know this these stereotypes of engineers are men, um, kind of nerdy, um, 
boring like all these different um stereotypes but engineers can be anyone um there is diversity out there um hopefully things will get better (laughs) slowly but things are getting better um but yeah there is no for me there is no kind of definition of what an engineer is because um because they can be anyone and because um we are problem solvers that's what we do anyone can be a problem solver well it's been absolutely incredible talking to you i feel like you're a woman that has it all and you do <laughs> so much um humility like it, you really come across as someone that has it all because you've just been really focused you're really hard working um and you have set your own personal goals and you just seem so determined to to reach your own personal goals and it's not about everybody else it's really about focusing on what you want for your life and i just find that so inspiring um and just uh it's just been a real pleasure to to meet you and and chat with you so thank you thank you so much it's been so lovely chatting to you today and thank you for having me Thanks for listening and please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews then the more interest from those trusty algorithms which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on YouTube on my new series called Esteemed. It's all about self-discovery, self-evolution and inclusivity on innovation. Let's all strive to be in the best versions of ourselves and celebrate others being themselves too. As always, be kind and loving, and I wish you all a great week.